Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On March the 4th this year, Lila Pilipina, an organisation of Filipino comfort women, held a protest action in Manila to call on the Japanese government to finally address the calls for justice of Filipino comfort women who were victims of Japanese wartime military sex slavery. Japan recently presented its official human rights report to the United Nations Human Rights Council, but has continued to ignore the pleas of the Filipino women victims who have been fighting for decades to achieve justice. Similarly, Philippine President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. refused to take up the matter with Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida during his most recent state visit to Japan. Joining me on today's program, Sharon Kabusao-Silva. She's the Executive Director of Lila Pilipina, and she's discussing with me the issue of Filipina comfort women to Japanese military men during the occupation in World War II. I'm Sharon Kabusao-Silva. I'm uh, currently the Executive Director of the Lila Pilipina Center for Justice and Remembrance which is an institution transitioned from the original organization that's called Lila Pilipina. Lila Pilipina is the organization of Filipino women victims of Japanese wartime sex slavery, or more commonly known as the Filipino comfort women. So Lila Pilipina was established to give a direct voice to the victims Um, who had suffered so much uh, since uh, World War II and who only had the chance to talk about their experience of uh, war and abuse, the trauma that they experienced during the uh, three-year Japanese occupation of the Philippines. Uh, They only got to talk about this in 1992 when an open call was made on the radio by the then Task Force on Filipino Comfort Women Uh, an alliance that uh, was led by Gabriela at the time uh, for victims of uh, Japanese wartime military sex slavery to come forward. And so um, one by one, the women came forward until about two years later, the organization Lila Pilipina was established as their organization. Can you tell us a little bit, I mean, without it being gratuitous or um, too much detail. But can you describe what happened for Filipino women during the Second World War in relation to sex slavery to the Japanese occupying forces? Mm -hmm. So um, there were probably thousands of Filipino women who fell victim to the war of colonization or or the war of occupation that uh, Japan um, had staged in the country from 1943 to 1945. Um, Many were abducted, taken from their homes and their communities and taken to um, houses, buildings, hospitals, which had been turned into garrisons by the Japanese Imperial Army. Um, most of, so um, most of these structures were turned into what were called as comfort stations or comfort houses, where the women were taken by force and made to render 
um, sexual services to the Japanese Imperial uh, Army, no? the troops. They were also made to do uh, forced labor uh, by um, uh, asking them to you know, clean the house and wash the, the uniform of the soldiers who had been the, um, the, the, the rapists. You know? um, and um, this went on for many of the women. This went on for something like three weeks to three years. Um, and it was only when the um, American forces came that um, the women, most of them, were finally able to liberate themselves or to free themselves from the Japanese garrison, uh, garrisons when the Japanese Imperial Army fled uh, these structures. And um, the organization Lila Filipina came together in around the 90s, you said, when the call went out. What, yes. what is the campaign? What is the demand? What is the justice that is being sought um, for the uh, crimes, the war crimes of 43 to 45? So the demands of the Filipino comfort women uh, center on three um, three things. Now, one is a, a formal, official, and public apology from the Japanese government. Second is historical inclusion for the Japanese government to include the issue of the comfort women uh, system uh, in history teachings and textbooks in Japan. And the third would be um, official individual compensation by the Japanese go government to the individual victims. So these were the demands that um, were raised by Lila Pilipina when it was established in 1994. And they remain as the three key demands of Lila Pilipina up to now, because no justice has been served yet to the victims. Um, and it has been almost 30 years and they have exhausted almost every conceivable legal um, and political um, steps or measures that um, victims can do, but nothing yet really has been um, uh, achieved or nothing, or the Japanese government has not really shown its, um, its um, sincerity to atone for the crimes that it committed. How many of the victims are still alive? Very few of them um, are still are uh, are still alive, no? Other le less than twenty um, in different, but they live in different parts of the country. Um, only three of them are phys physically still mobile or can still participate in the campaigns. Um, most of them come from rather poor families, um, and uh, they have varying medical conditions. Um, most, some of them have even lost memories of the, of the war uh, and of the experiences that they um, underwent during that time. So it's really a pity that the Japanese government is taking this long to uh, finally recognize the wartime crimes it committed um, almost, what, 75, 80 years ago. Um, and, and it's really a sad thing for many of the victims. And what happened to them afterwards? Did most of them go on to have families and live ordinary lives? And did they talk about the ongoing impact of the trauma on their lives afterwards? 
Well, some of them did get married and had families. Some of them never got married and uh, died alone. Um, and it was really several decades of living in fear, living uh, with, you know, hiding a secret even from your own family. It's actually a common story among the Lolas that their children only got to know about their experiences when they already came out on television no, to, you know, staging rallies in front of the Japanese embassy. And most, there's such a thing as what we call the intergenerational uh, dimension of the comfort women issue. Most of the women never really got to finish education, for instance. Um, they never entered formal employment. They never got to travel. Some of them don't have, uh, didn't have papers. So most of them didn't really get out of the situation of poverty arising from the war. And um, because of this, many of their children also were not able to really, um, were not really able to, to transcend, you know, the situation that their parents found themselves in, um, except for a few that uh, eventually were able to finish um, education and had more or less decent uh, jobs, not to tide them over. Um, so um, that was the situation uh, that the comfort women uh, found themselves in. And for how many of them have their children, well, those that had children, how, how many of them have their families picked up the fight uh, since their passing or since their incapacity? Or is it really a shame situation that... Um, it's only the women themselves that have been fighting. Yes, it was a difficult struggle for many of the women to get their families to accept uh, their stories and their narratives. No, It was quite a shock for many of the, the husbands and the children to learn about the stories. And there were cases where the husband finally leaves or the marriage breaks up because of the um, this um, uh, very feudal regard of the husband um, over the, you know, over the, their, the, the victim uh, being, you know, someone who had been raped by the Japanese uh, forces. Um, so it was really a process that most of them underwent. And Lila Pilipina and other supporters of the, of the victims really had to undertake several uh, intervention programs in order not only to help the, the victims themselves to process their experience, but also to help out the families accept and eventually help their um, grandmother or their mother um, in the fight for justice. Why is this back on the agenda at the moment? What has happened recently that has pushed this issue forward again? Um, there's the, the UN CEDAW resolution that um, states that um, the consistent inaction of the Philippine government um, constitutes a violation of the rights of the victims. And therefore, the victims are entitled to uh, reparations, including redress, uh, from the Philippine government. So this sort of uh, push no, the, um, the issue forward again. Um, though prior to this, um, 
Lila Filipina has been actively voicing out its concern, not only about justice for Filipino comfort women, but also the fact that the Japan, um, without yet even recognizing um, the crimes that they committed in the past, has once again set foot on Philippine territory in violation of the Philippine uh, constitution and Philippine sovereignty. Um, the, the, the Philippine government and the Japanese government when the pre President uh, Marcos Jr. recently visited, instead of taking up the issue of comfort women, of the comfort women, had talked about war. And Japan is now pushing for the formation of a U.S.-Japan-Philippines security triad, um, which will um, include forging agreements that will allow um, the conduct of war exercises by Japanese troops on Philippine soil. Um, and this is something that really concerns us, even the Lolas, I mean the comfort women, um, the grandmothers, we call them Lolas in Filipino, no? even the Lolas themselves, because as one Lola would put it, um, she once told me that she does not actually expect to achieve justice in her lifetime. Um, but what is important for her is to is for the young people to know about their experience, and so that uh, so that um, they will so that the, what happened to them will not happen again to the young uh, women, and that uh, she opposes war. Uh, she said there should be no war again ever in this country. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. On today's show, I'm speaking with Sharon Kabusel-Silva, Executive Director of Lila Pilipina, and we're discussing the issue of Filipina comfort women to Japanese military men during the occupation in World War II. So the broader issues around the comfort women is an anti-war position, particular uh, moment in history where we're on the brink of war. Yeah, and, and linking up um, that history with what is currently happening now in various parts of the world. It was not very difficult for the Lolas to understand their important role in opposing wars of aggression as they happen in different parts of the country and supporting other women victims. Um, because we know that um, history is replete with instances where wars of aggression or militarist governments or dictatorial governments would spawn the problem of massive sexual violence against women. And it is an experience that they live through. Uh, it is an experience they can, um, um, uh, they, can uh, they would always want to oppose and would always not want to happen to other women. Now, you mentioned the United Nations, and um, we know that the United Nations keeps a record, keeps a count of um, nation states, particularly its member nation states and their human rights violations, and seeks to hold them to account. And Japan recently presented its official human rights report to the UN Council, as in the, the Human Rights Council. Um, how is this issue being dealt with and spoken about within the United Nations? Are there forces within the UN seeking to hold Japan to account or is it being ignored? 
Yes, the problem, the process is still ongoing. Uh, but in the past um, cycles of the Universal Periodic Review, we understand that there were at least two countries, South Korea and China, which raised the issue of Japanese responsibility as far as the comfort women issue is concerned, and urged uh, Japan to, you know, to take up its responsibility um, over these uh, wartime crimes. Um, we learned that recently, um, because the fourth cycle, or the um, anyway, there's an ongoing review of uh, the Japanese human rights policy right now at the UN uh, Human Rights Council. And when Japan presented um, its official report to the council uh, sometime in January 31, um, uh, of course, there was also um, the effort of Japan to ignore the issue of uh, comfort women. Um, so for our part, uh, for uh, the part on the part of Lila Filipina, uh, though we were not able to submit an alternative report um, uh, for the UPR, but we did submit um, um, uh, our policy recommendations to various members of uh, member states of the UNHRC in the hopes that they will be uh, raising these recommendations to the Japanese government when the official adoption of the report comes sometime in May or June of this year. Well, you mentioned the governments of South Korea and China as raising this issue within the UN. Where is the government of Philippines in, in raising this? I mean, of course, they're busy making military deals with mm -hmm. Japan, but mm -hmm. has the Philippines government raised this at all? And, and not just the current government. We know that there was a recent election. Marcos Jr. was elected before Hindu Tetra, so two dictators. And, you know, uh, I mean... Where, where are the history of Philippines government since the Second World War on this issue of holding Japan to account? Well, um, the Philippine government, past or present, have never had any role in fighting for justice for the Filipino comfort women. In fact, most of these uh, governments have taken on a denialist um, uh, stance that is similar to the official position of the Japanese government. And it, that's easy to understand because Japan remains as the number one creditor country to the Philippines. It's the source of loans and funding for uh, many of the flagship projects that are being undertaken by government. And these flagship projects are also very much uh, a large source of um, uh, largesse no? uh, for corruption, graft and corruption by uh, regimes uh, sitting in power here in this country. So while Lila Filipina did a lot of effort in the past, for instance, to even have dialogues with newly elected presidents since the time of Gloria Macapagal Arroyo up to the last, up to the present um, uh, government of Marcos Jr. But none of them really had the political will to take up the cause of the Filipino comfort women. Well, you said earlier that the remaining Lolas have not much faith in achieving justice. And so while those demands are there, really the broader objective is to publicize uh, uh, the issue in the hopes that it doesn't happen again. And, and there are many, many wars raging across the world at the moment. 
Um, you know, we're all familiar with uh, Ukraine and uh, and Russia, but there's also Myanmar. There's mm. also um, Palestine. I mean, there there is war everywhere, and we know that women are used and abused in in all of those wars. But of course, on the issue of publicity, um, your organisation, Lula Pilavina, had a demonstration recently. Yeah as a part of the publicising um, activity. Tell us a little bit about the action. Yeah, um, we have actually been doing these um, activities uh, for many, many years already. But the most recent, the two recent ones that we had was on January 31 in front of the Japanese embassy. That was the date when Japan uh, presented its official human rights report to the UN Human Rights Council. And that was also the day when we uh, launched an international campaign, which we called um, the Ringing of the Bells for Peace and Justice, where we are calling for two things. Now, one is the uh, calls for justice for Filipino comfort women. And the second is a call uh, uh, sounding out our calls for no to war and no to the U.S., Japan, Philippines, uh, military alliance or security triad. And the second one that we um, did was sometime in March 4, um, which was um, in, in observance of International Women's Day, where we also held a demonstration at um, near a major circle in Malate. Malate is part of this um, uh, place where uh, many Japanese garrisons were established during the colonial period. It is also near um, the former site of the, of the statue of, Fili of Filipino comfort woman, which was removed um, in 2018 under the Duterte government, only about three months after it was installed by um, an alliance of Filipino comfort women and uh, their uh, supporters. Um, it is also quite near the Japanese embassy. So it's quite also a historic place as far as Lila Filipina is concerned. And in this um, action, we were joined by several of our uh, supporters to call out, um, to call on the Philippine government um, not to be a participant into the theater of war that the uh, US and Japan is trying to build um, in the Asian Pacific region. No? So, and also our opposition to the security triad, to the, the triad, the US-Japan-Philippine security triad, as well as several other defense agreements that is being forged, that are being forged by the Philippine government and the Japanese uh, government. And if there are people listening to this program who would really like to be involved, lend their support, uh, organize things, how would they go about participating in the campaign? This campaign, the ringing of the bells for peace and justice, is really literally having bells uh, that we would like to ring um, and um, shouting out our slogans of um, justice for Filipino comfort women, um, no to war, and no to the US-Japan-Philippine security triad. It can be done online or offline. I mean, we understand that there are some countries like Japan where our supporters will not be able to, to undertake these um, activities on the streets because of the repression that uh, might, uh, 
the Japanese government might uh, do. Um, so it can be held online. But really, the um, and then they can also write their own uh, foreign ministries. Um, they can have a copy, we can send them a copy of the policy briefs that we sent to member states of the UNHRC. They can write their own foreign ministries and ask their representatives to raise these issues or these recommendations um, to the government of Japan uh, during this period when they are writing um, their rec the recommendations that they will be raising to the Japanese uh, government during the UPR process. Um, all of these um, does have the twin objective of um, drum beating the calls for the justice for uh, the victims, but it is also a call um, that addresses the concerns of people all over the world. The question of no to war, um, the question of no to militarism, um, especially for us in the Asia-Pacific region, it's a very important call that we have to make. Absolutely. Sharon, thank you so, so much for your time on the program today. Was there anything you wanted to add? Um, if, there's, um, if there's anyone who would like to um, get in touch with us, um, we are on Facebook. Uh, just um, type in Lila Pilipina. Um, I can also provide my... Um, I think, Giselle, you have my email address, so they can also just get it, and we will try to respond as soon as we can. We need all the help that we can get from peoples all over the world, and we very much encourage everyone to support not only the fight of uh, Filipino Comfort Women for Justice, but also uh, to support and be very, very active in the campaign against wars of aggression. That was Sharon Cabusel-Silva, Executive Director of Lila Pilipina, on the topic of Filipina comfort women to Japanese military men during the occupation in World War II. And that's all we've got time for on today's Accent of Women. This show is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. Music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kanjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.